Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is our 7, no, it's not. <laughs> this is our 8 a.m. Eastern uh, book club call, and we do this call every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. And uh, on this particular call, we talk about a particular book. We call it the book of the moment, not the book of the month, because we go way past the month. We go two months, maybe three months on the same book. So there's the book of the moment, and... Uh, the book of the moment now that we're reading is a old school classic that we've probably read three or four times, at least I have, called The Magic of Believing by Mr. Claude M. M. Bristol. Um, we actually share this book club call on 16 different platforms, uh, of the of 16 different podcast platforms, from Breaker to iTunes to you know Spotify to Apple. Things of that sort. So if you hit it on there, we're actually sharing a conference call on the on the platform. So it's not a podcast, but it's on the podcast platform. So um, hopefully, you know, we're going back listening to these because that's the point of the of loading them on these platforms is for uh, repetition, where we can go back and hear them and uh, take notes and apply the information of the magic of believing. And do me a favor too, if you if you right now. Uh, on the call, um, you know, share the, the, the book club flyer that's on my Facebook page um, with other people or send them a text or something and say, hey, we're on and popping. We're on the book club call. Are you on? But are you there? Are you there? But <laughs> then when we finish, you need to call them and say, but were you there? But were you there? Were you on the call? Um, but, you know, we talk about this this book club thing all, every Saturday because we know that thoughts are so important. And what we read, what we listen to, what we hear, uh, what we see, you know, um, it actually, you know, creates our thoughts. You know, that's, that's our um, paradigm. You know, everything that we've heard, everything that we've seen, everything that we've, uh, you know, been around, you know, from from the womb to now, it has created our paradigm, which is our thoughts. You know, that's everything. And, you know, that's why you hear people say some folks need a paradigm shift. And uh, all of us really do, because if we grew up in a neighborhood where a poor neighborhood or a middle class, I put both of them together uh, with the same thought process. Uh, then we definitely need to address some of those thoughts. We definitely need to, and that's what we do in these books. These books, uh, in our mindset calls that we have, it gets you to open up and start listening and, and start thinking about some of the things that are buried deep down inside of us. You know, um, there's some thoughts that we have that we're running on automatic. I mean, meaning that we've heard them for so long, we heard them, every place from our teachers, from our parents, from our um, ministers, from everybody, they said the same thing. So it's programmed in us, and we're running on automatic. So we're, we're not even thinking about, you know, why we think this way. We're not even, we don't even realize that when a new thought comes in because of our old thoughts, it kicks it back out. Seriously, yeah, our old thoughts about money, you know, about success, you know, our old thoughts about all those things that's been that's been with us for years, when a new thought come in or a thought that you hadn't um, or an idea of something that you hadn't heard and, you know, from from some 
someone or, you know, from, you know, something you hear, your, our program thoughts that we have kicks it back out. And, and we don't even realize that's what's happening. We're thinking that, you know, we're just, we're just living our life. And we are. But we're living our life on automatic. And that automatic um, is some thoughts that were programmed in us. Now, if we're trying to have success financially in life, we gotta we got to change that. And that's what we talk about here because the thoughts that we that we receive from the poor and the middle class um, neighborhoods is not going to get us financially su- successful. It's just not because it didn't get those people financially successful. You get it? You see what I'm saying? So we gotta we gotta dig deep and try to find what are we thinking and where these thoughts come from and how can we uh, deprogram and reprogram if we want to change Because, see, our thoughts is what's holding us back. It's not anything else. It's not information because that's what people say is information. No, it's not. we got enough information to succeed. we got Google now, man. we got Google. You can Google anything you want right now. You can Google whatever, even if you're in a business that nobody's helping you in, you can go to Google. You got YouTube now. You can go to YouTube and put in anything. Man, I, I had a problem with my garage to open. I went into YouTube, put in, how do you do this with the garage? Boom. Ten videos came up. You can go do anything that you need to get information now. It ain't the information. It's our thoughts. It's our mindset. It's how we, you know, been programmed to b- believe in ourselves or not believe in ourselves. So that's what we do here on the book club and also on the mindset calls during the week. So uh, we have a replay number uh, just in case you want to hear it right after the call today, which you should. Uh, you can go back and listen to the replay, 712-432-1085, and the same PIN code, which is 783357-POUND, and that replay will be up until Monday morning. Uh, so you got Saturday night, you got Sunday, all day Sunday, and then you got Monday morning when we start our mindset call. It goes away, and it goes into the podcast. Um, and you can put in – you also can go and Google Tony Fleming podcast, a Tony Fleming mindset podcast. It's funny. When you Google Tony Fleming, this guy comes up, the yacht guy. It's a yacht guy here named Tony Fleming. He got all these yachts, and all, that's all come up. But if you Google Tony Fleming – Mindset podcast, a bunch of stuff come up. Or if you Google uh, Tony Fleming Elite Team, a bunch of stuff come up. But if you just put Tony Fleming in, this dude with the yacht, he just he just controls Google. I don't know. I gotta get somebody to see, tell me how to bump him. Cause I, <laughs> cause somebody just go put Tony Fleming in, you're not gonna see me at all. You're gonna see Tony Fleming the yacht guy. Hey, he really don't have any yacht. He likes them old boats to me. That's got a bunch of old boats out there that, that keeps coming up. Um, but I'm, maybe I have some experts on here who can tell me how to how to handle that, how to change that so that I can pop up also. But, uh, but yeah, that's the replay number. And uh, so that's what we're talking about today, the magic of believing. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? All right, let's get started. Warren Buffett once said, the more you learn, the more you earn. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest humans on the planet, is famous for reading more than five hours every day. Bill Gates reads one book per week. Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oprah, well, she's just obsessed with books. 
Notice the common theme here? Successful people never stop learning. You're trying to get your freedom. You're trying to learn how to read. You're trying to escape. Uh-uh. It's Saturday and it's 8 a.m., folks. It's that time. Time for the 8 a.m. Blog Talk Book Club. Let's go, folks. It's time to stimulate the mind. Time to hear thought-provoking words. When we read, your imagination improves. You become smarter. It reduces the stress. Yes, that's right. It reduces the stress. Let's go, folks. That's right, folks. You become smarter. This reduces the stress. All right, so uh, I'm going to just read some of the things today that I highlighted in the book uh, in no particular, uh, well, not, well, I'll be jumping around. I'll put it that way. You know, I'm going to jump around to some things I highlight, so it might not be in a particular order where you understand it, so I'm going to stop and talk about it. But as I was reading, rereading this book again, I see why I think this is one of my favorites. I was, you know, I was saying when we first announced the book, I was saying, you know, this has been years. Uh, am I going to still feel the same way about the book that I did when I first read it? And I'm feeling the same way, folks. You know, I guess the information doesn't change when you're dealing with, you know, information like like Proverbs. This is, you know, mindset. This is thought-provoking information. It it doesn't change. You know, it's it's the same. You know, it's uh, it's stuff that we need on a regular basis. You know, it might be old school language, but it's clear. You know, and, and all the scientific proof he's talking about uh, in the book is in the 30s and the 40s and 50s. So you imagine in the year now that we're in 2021, just in case some of y'all are going to be listening to this in 2080. <laughs> Because, you know, everything we record now is going to be around forever. You know, your grandparents and all that, that, that didn't happen with them. All the stuff they did was not around. But everything we record, say, write, everything on social media, you know, some of your grandkids or, you know, family members will be able to pull that stuff up. It's going to be out here, I'm telling you. So I, I always say this recording is going to be around forever. So if any of y'all listening to this in the year 2060, why? You know, while you're flying around in the air in your car, <laughs> you know, they had said that, you know, in 2021 we would be flying around in the air in cars, but it does not happen yet, but it's going to happen. Uh, but if you are, you know, imagine the technology or the thought process we should have now from studies, because the studies that he talked about here were in the 30s, 40s, and 50s, and you had doctors confirming this thought process thing, this belief thing, this this um the way of thinking. You had people confirming it. Now a lot of folks didn't put it out there. They didn't because they wanted to try to call you a quack or they wanted to say things, but you know, he had he had actual documentation of it. He talks about it. Different colleges that where they did studies of, of this thought process thing and the and the magic of believing and why it happens. Uh so I can I can just even you know, imagine now what kind of facts that are out here that you have to go and read the research now, because you know they're not going to just put this out here in the in the uh, status quo society, in the you know in the box thinking society. You're not going to. That's not going to be on the front page of the New York Times or uh, on the New York Times website. You're not going. This kind of information 
you're going to have to search for and go and find. I'm not saying it's not out there, but you you know they're not going to just put it in our. They're not going to just it's like capitalism. They're not going to give us the rules. But if you find the rules and play by the rules and win, then you win. Same thing with this information. So I'm going to pick up here on 24 where he says on page 24, at least in my book, I don't know what book you all have because there's different books out here, I guess. But it says, now that you have a clear idea of the part that thought and desire play in our daily lives, the first thing to determine is precisely what you want. Starting in, in the, with the general idea that you merely want to be a success, as most people do, is too indefinite. You know how I talk about your why and people, you know, say, ah, oh, nah, preacher man, one of the main ones. It's like, ah, oh, you know, that, that ain't really that. Okay. All right. But it says here, you have to determine precisely what you want, folks. It can't be what you kind of want, it can't be what you think you, you know, it can't be, you got to decide what you want and write it down. You can't have, like he says, you can't have a general idea that you merely want to be a success, as most people do. He says that's too indefinite. And remember I said when you write it down what you want and, and you know, the reason for doing what you want, you might change it. I don't. I don't know if you know. You might, because you might, you know, start realizing things. Or I don't say realize, but you might want something different. But you have to write down what you want. He says here, you must have a mental pattern clearly drawn in your mind. Ask yourself, where am I headed? What is my goal? And watch this. Have I visualized just what I really want? Have I visualized it? Is it on a vision board? Is it written in front of me or like on my desk, I got what I want? On my wall behind me, you saw everybody sees that a uh, million dollars a year is $83,333 a month, $19,230 a week, $2,739 a day. You see that. And it also says under that, dreams don't work unless you do. So not only am I visualizing things, I'm working toward it. So, but you got to have the vision board. You got to have, is it in front of you on a daily basis? Do you see it? And guess what? If you don't, that means you don't believe you can get it. Or you don't believe that you need to have that in front of you all the time, that you need to see it all the time. He says, is success to be measured in terms of wealth? Can you fix the amount in figures? If in terms of achievement, can you specify def definitely? See, here's the thing. A lot of us get all twisted because we say we want this, and then we see somebody else with that, and then now we want that. And we see somebody else with now we want. No, what do you want? You know, if you say you want to make $10,000 a month, which is 100 and it was $120,000 a year, which probably maybe 10% of people or less than 10% make that. If that's what you want, then that's what you want. But see, what happens is you see somebody else with $300,000. You say, I want to make that. Well, get to that first. Get to that want first. Or whatever number it is, I just threw that number out. He says, I ask these questions 
for and their answers are factors which will determine your whole life from now on. Strange as it may appear, not one out of a hundred people, when he asked this question, can even answer it. You know how Earl Nightingale talks about that you you can go door to door in your neighborhood and ask them people that question and what they want, you know. And he says, once the silence is too deafening or something like that, he says, <laughs> you have to move on. Most people have a general idea that they would like to be a success, but beyond that, everything else is vague, he says. They merely go along from day to day, figuring that if they have a job today, they will have one tomorrow, and that somehow, in some way, they will be looked after in their old age. They're like a cork on the water floating aimlessly down the way, and that the various currents, either being washed up on the shore or becoming waterlogged and eventually sinking. Now, you all know what most people say. Well, um, I'm not going to say most, but a lot of people, when it comes to, um, they have a general idea what they they would like to be a success, but beyond that, everything else is vague. They merely go along from day to day, figuring that they will have a job today, they have one tomorrow, and somehow they'll be looked after in their old age. Now, what I tell you over my years, what I hear people say all the time. Hold on a second. All right, the line is open. What, what do people say? God will make a way. <laughs> Lord will what provide a way. What else? If, if. If I was for me to be rich, I would. The Lord would make me rich. <laughs> they got some lines for you, buddy. Hold on a second. And if I the classic one is, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or see begging bread. Really? What do you call forsaken, and what do you call righteous? That's what I need to understand, because. You know, there's a lot of people on the bridges out here. And you saying none of them righteous? Or they're not forsaken? Or what? I mean, I don't understand. What what are you saying? But we come up with all kind of stuff instead of planning and working hard to try to have some. You know, what, what does the government say? Most people retire depending on family, friends, or the federal government. Because everything is so vague. Merely go along from day to day, you know, do 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 figuring that they have a job today, they'll have one tomorrow. The government gonna take care of somebody gonna hire me and somehow they do Look, they're coming out with these robots, folks. They've been doing this for a while too. I was I happened to stumble across I bet most of them didn't realize I didn't I didn't realize it. That in Japan, it's about nine or ten hotels that's been there for four or five years run by robots. The whole hotel, the cleaning staff, people behind the counter, all in these are, like they said, five-star hotels, you probably won't have that because they want, you know, personal service. But the three- and four-star hotels, you know, like the courtyards and all those, you know, you're going to start seeing robots. And your job is not going to be there. I mean, fully run by robots. Not a human in the old building. 
except you. But we merely go along from day to day figuring that, you know, our job would be here. I think this shutdown is even helping more people. I think they have, I don't know, no, so you're going to sound, I'm going to sound like conspiracy theorists, but I'm just saying, I think it kind of went along with, you know, letting y'all know what it's like to be without a job and get used to it, maybe. Just floating along like a cork, aimlessly drawn. What what the what the the um, out with the devil said? So we just you know uh, what is it? Uh, God, drifting, just drifting along. He says, therefore, it's vital that you know exactly what you want out of life. You must know where you are headed, and you must keep a fixed goal in view. Man, you must keep a fixed goal in view, a vision board in view. Uh, anything that you want must be in view. Have it in front. See, <clears throat> well, I can't have all that because it make my house look junky or something. Well, you look. Okay. <laughs> With those who don't, you know, fixed view, put it on your mirror, put it everywhere, you know, get you – you know, one of those markers that you can write on the mirror with. Have it where you see it and think about it all the time when you walk in there. Because out of sight, out of mind, if you don't have this stuff in front of you, you're not going to think about it. I remember when I uh, moved uh, and I had my uh, vision board and stuff, and I, I and I didn't put it right up because it was still in storage, and I remember everything I had on my desk, I hadn't pulled that stuff out. And it had gone about you know, maybe two or three weeks. And then I realized I hadn't even been thinking about my goals because I had, it wasn't in front of me. Even though I had seen this stuff for, for a few years, it still was not not in front of me. I had kind of just, I was like, man, I got to get this stuff back out. I have to put everything on my desk. I put it, my vision board, I wanted to put that out because it was like, you know, behind stuff. I hadn't unpacked everything. It was like, Wow. So imagine some of y'all who hadn't written any goals, you know, in my Suge Knight voice, you hadn't written any goals, you don't have no vision boards, you're not out here, you're not out here dancing and singing your, singing your goals and dreams. How? How are you going to make it happen? You're different, right? So you don't need all that. You know, he says, that, of course, is overall the overall picture. It makes no difference whether you want a job or a better one or a new house, a place in the country, or just a new pair of shoes. You must have a fixed idea before you obtain what you're after. You got to see it. You got to visualize it. It got to be in front of you. You got to think about it. You know, we say, go take a picture of the car, go sit in the car, go. Hey. He said, there's a great difference between a need and a desire. For example, you may need a, a new car for business, and you may desire one in order to give pleasure to your family. The one for your business you will get in a matter uh, as a matter of necessity. 
the one for your family you will plan to get as soon as possible. For this car, you will make an extra effort, the one that you desire, because it is something that you have never had before, an extra and uh, and something that will add to your to your responsibility, and something that will compel you to to seek new powers within yourself and new resources outside. It is a desire for something new, something different, something that's going to change your life that causes you to make an extra effort. It is the power of believing that alone sets in the motion of those inner forces by which you add what I call plus values to your life. So you begin with desire if you ever hope to achieve anything or gain more than you have now. You've got to begin with desire. It is the prime motivating force in all of us. And without an all-consuming desire, nothing can achieve, be achieved or gained. However, as we shall see, there is more to it than mere desire. There's more to it than that. You know, we, we, we talk about this all the time. You know, it's the thoughts, the feelings, and the action, which he's going to get to in the book. He just calls it different things. But that's, you know, it's, 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 it's more to it than the desire. But you've got to have the desire. That's one of them. That's one of them. That's the feeling. But you've got to have the thoughts and the action. And he's going to talk about it throughout the book. He says, at first reading, this may appear a little strange, but it will perhaps become clear. Well, let me go back here. He says, I'm aware that metaphysicians claim that thoughts are things. They may be in general sense. But so far, the effect upon us individually is concerned. They do not become real to us until we give them life. See, we got to give the thoughts life. How you give them life? You got it everywhere. On the wall in front of you, you're talking about it. You know, it's everywhere. Put it on a T-shirt, wear it, everywhere. Through our imaginations. He says, at first reading this may appear a little strange, but it will perhaps become clearer if I cite a few examples. For instance, you are advised to wear rubbers, Let me finish the statement. When you go out in the rain, we all have heard the remark, if you don't, you'll catch the death of cold. That thought has never had the slightest effect upon me, he said. I haven't worn rubbers since I was a small child. I haven't had my, I haven't had my, my shoes and feet thoroughly wet. Hundreds of times, I mean, I have had my shoes and feet thoroughly wet hundreds of times, often for hours at a time, yet I cannot recall the time I ever caught a cold as a result. Now, you know this touching on something, right? I'm going to let y'all touch on it. Some people have a tremendous fear, F-E-A-R, of drafts. But I have often thought that if they did catch cold by being in a draft, it was because of the fear thoughts rather than because of the drafts themselves. I sit in drafts for long periods and daily and, and at night, and I sleep in a corner room which has windows on both sides of the room that I raise in all sorts of weather so that the wind often sweeps across me, yet I've never had a cold as a result because I never give it a thought. See, when they pump fear into you, and you sit there and watch fear all day long, 
you know, for years I've been talking about the first 15 minutes of the local news. You could check it out in any any city. The first 15 minutes or the first 10 minutes of the local news, not the national news. National news has a strategy too, but the local news is always in the hood. Is always some black folks doing some kind of crime. Is always some kind of drug dealing. Is always some kind of, and it makes you. It makes it seem that just it's just a we just a bad bad world. Man, that's a small percentage. I mean, how many of y'all know killers? Literally no killers like that. How many of y'all know people who actually do a lot of that activity that you see? Yeah, you don't know a lot of them. Don't don't sit. You, you know you don't. But if they feed that to us every single day, you're thinking, boy, I can't go outside. I can't go nowhere. If they show you, you know, that community in Chicago where all that's going on and they keep talking about Chicago, 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 that ain't all over Chicago. It's people go to Chicago all the time, have a great time. That ain't all over Chicago. That's that's a that's a small area in Chicago that they just magnify all over the world. All oh, the killings in Chicago, and they put that fear in you. That's a small percentage. Most folks are not out here killing people. I, I remember watching a um, a video. Um, you know, I'm, I'm watching this video of a, a guy that uh, I, I, you know, actually. Uh, the um, serendipity crew talked about it with Wallow, and he talked about how when he went to prison, he got out. He said, man, he said, man, you know, you looked in my Philly neighborhood, we all talk about everybody did that. He said, man, everybody wasn't committing crimes. Everybody wasn't doing what I did. Because that's what people say. Well, everybody in my neighborhood is doing No. He says, it's a large percentage of folks not doing that. But if you watch the news... See, they're not showing you all the good people because that, you know, I don't know. They say that doesn't sell, but, you know, they, they pump that into you as if that doesn't sell. But, you know, like, you know, only, you know, even in music, you know. But if you look at some of the big sellers out here, Lauren Hill has sold, she sold more than most folks. Kanye sold more than most. Will Smith sold more than most. And they wasn't, you know, banging. You know, so, but, you know, if they feed that to us and make it seem like that's what we got to have, and you sit there and watch that, or listen to it, you, you know, you, shoot, man. Some folks be scared to come out the house. They have other races believe that all black folks going to run up to you and take your purse. That's the fear that's programmed in us in our thought process. And some of y'all letting that news raise your kids. Because you're not there, and they're sitting in front of it. And then they assume that's who I'm supposed to be, one of them. Come on, man. That ain't how most of the world operate. But, but, <laughs> if you let that, you know, the thoughts that you have dictate your life, and that's usually what happens. He says, however, I do not advise anyone accustomed to wearing rubbers. <laughs> he mean he means like raincoat and, you know, like boots. 
to go without them. Neither do I suggest to anyone afraid of drafts to stay in them. You know, because if you feel like you're afraid of a draft, then you're going to catch a cold just because you believe it. He said, for a long time, for lifelong habits, watch this. This is, this is key, folks. Think about this. And I, I've said it on how many times. For lifelong habits and beliefs with their consequences are not going to change overnight. The habits that we have, the stuff that we've been programmed to believe, the thing, and, and if we keep feeding our mind stuff, they're not going to change overnight. And you, and not not only that, you cannot have one foot over there and one foot over here. That's the problem. That see, you got to cut all that loose, and you can't. And most folks can't do it. And so now that's why it's so hard for the change. And it's still going to be hard to change anyway to make us become successful because. We're trying to just get information. Tell me how to say this to this person. Tell me how, and we're not changing our thoughts and our beliefs. So it ain't going to matter because we're not going to continue to do it. And we're not going to say it in a way that people are going to believe us. Because our thoughts, you know, you, people can detect whether you really believe what you're saying. If you got one foot in the, in, in the awful news, you got one foot still with all your negative family members, and then you got one foot on the book club, and then you got one foot on the mindset call, you split down the middle. There's no way. But you say, well, Tony, it's hard for me to just... I understand. See, that's why it's a small percentage of people that are successful. They, they, you know, the man, ain't, the man ain't holding us all back. You know what I'm saying? I understand that's... You know, isms, racism, you know, sexism and all. I, I, I agree with that. It is a lot of that. But a lot of that is we're being held back by our own thoughts and the way we operate because we won't cut people loose. We want, we want to still stay in this environment and then stay in that environment. We're sitting there with our legs spread apart, one leg over here, one leg over there. This ain't working. Of course. <laughs> you can't. You can't. No, it's not. You say, well, I had both feet over there for a while, Tony. How long did you have it over there? Shoot, a whole year, a whole six months. I had both feet over there, you know, I for a whole, you know, year and a half, for a whole two years. Okay. Well, how long did you have both feet over in that other, in that box? How long you have both feet over there? 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, how long you have? But I had, I had them over there with John for, you know, I was on them book club calls. I was in them mindset whole year. Ain't nothing happened. First of all, I don't believe you had both feet over here anywhere. You still had one foot over there because you can't stop watching that news. You can't stop talking to your negative friends. You can't. It's just you can't. And so you try to get a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, you know. For lifelong habits and beliefs with their consequences are not going to change overnight, he says. For centuries, outstanding thinkers have claimed that man, through his mind, could shape events and control matter. And the more you study the science, the more you will realize the amazing powers of your own mind.
Check this out. There are many professional gamblers who contend that a strong mental influence, which is a, a belief, has much to do with achieving so-called lucky results in the games of chance, such as card playing, the calling of dice, the operating of roulette wheels. Look, I, I'm telling you, if you believe, look, I, look, I'm, I'm the champion. I, I, I'm the champ. I'm the champ. I'm just letting y'all know when it comes to spades. It doesn't matter who I play with, we're going to win. Because I'm going to put that belief in them, and I'm going to put that thought in you that you can't win. Unless you cheat. Now, you can cheat. Now, I remember we were playing over at uh, one of the owners of a company I was in. We was at his house, and me and my partner was winning. The spade game was supposed to go to 300 points. And when we got to 300, they went and you slick, you know, erased the 300. We said 500. So, see, you can't. If you're going to cheat like that, it's hard to, you know what I'm saying, you're going to do that, you know. But we had won. It was over no, no, we said fine. I'm like, man, I ain't, I ain't gonna keep playing because y'all gonna cheat again. But I'm saying mentally, when I sit down with you, and then I start talking my smack, I I, I got you. I got you because I believe I can win. I remember in college, me and my party, man, we we would go. We'll be down and do like a blind 10. I don't know if y'all play that. We do like a, you know, it was blind 10, like 400 points. We come back and hit a blind 10. Like, how y'all do that? I told you we were going to win. I believe that. See, some of y'all got some things you believe now, but when it comes to business, you don't believe in yourself. You don't. So you got to have that same thought process, and you got to work to get it to where you believe. Like when you sit down in a chair, you believe that chair gonna hold you up. You don't have no problems. You don't grab the chair because, you know, unless it's a chair that has, you know, <laughs> collapsed on you before. <laughs> if it's a chair that's collapsed, you are gonna grab it and kind of shake it a little bit to see is this thing sturdy enough. You know, then I'm gonna sit in it. But but if it haven't, you you just gonna because you, you believe that chair holds you up, or you believe it, anything that you've done. On a regular basis, you believe in that. But if you hadn't had success on a regular basis in business, you don't believe in it. But you gotta kind of, you gotta have it before. Now, once you do have some success, like I said, yeah, yeah, win. But once, then your belief is there. But he says the gamblers say, "Man, look, it's a strong mental influence I have. Whether it's dice." Whether it's card playing, whether it's roulette wheel. He says the writer knows one man who can step up to a cigar store punch board with a few punches, grab off the best prizes. Once and I say, I don't know what that is. I don't know what the cigar store punch board. Y'all might know what that's called. But once I asked him about it, and he said, I never go near a punch board, watch this, unless I'm in the mood for it. And that means I must be in the frame of mind that I'm going to win. I notice that if there's the slightest doubt in my mind, I don't win. But I can't recall a time that I didn't get the winning numbers when it comes to winning ideas was firmly fixed in my mind before I started to play. I guess I guess the punch board is a lotto or something, I don't know. He says, 
Do you know that the departments of psychology and great universities have already undertaken experiments to determine whether the mind possesses the power to influence material objects and that experiments have already demonstrated the existence of such a power? While the experiments have not been too widely publicized, I told you they ain't going to do that. There have been stories appearing from time to time given the general facts. Think about this. He says um, he his associates have demonstrated this thing called Psycho, is it psychokinesis or kinesis? I didn't look that word up, but psycho, it might be psycho. Kinesis or kinesis, whatever. The name given to designate the power of the mind by which material objects are influenced. Thoughts attract that's that's thoughts attracts that upon which is directed. You know how well, you know, back in the day when I was good time in Tony and I was, you know, the man <laughs> You know how you put a you, you can put a thought out to a young female that hey hey we need to hook up. You know what I'm saying? That's the, you, 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 you walked around with that thought. When you talk to that person, your, your thoughts let them know. Well, my thoughts did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm the man. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, see, and the ones who didn't have those thoughts, they couldn't, it, it didn't come across right. Let me stop because, you know, good time with Tony's gone. But for one thing which I greatly feared has come upon me, he says, guess who said that? Y'all know your guy, Job. He said it. For the one thing I greatly feared has come upon me. That's thoughts. I fear thoughts are just as creative as just as our magnetic attracting troubles to us as constructive, positive thoughts. So if you're watching fear all the time, If you're watching fear all the time, let me tell you something. <laughs> <clears throat> I had ten people. Let me see. No. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight people tell me in the last three days when I came back from Jamaica, man, you out there, boy, you... Shoot, I, I thought you might, you know, been got that that thing. Do you know? I heard that eight times. Do you know? I think it was three nights ago. I started thinking. Wait a minute. I think my throat hurting. Wait a minute. I think I think I might have a temperature. Wait a minute. I, I started thinking, and I said, Wait a minute. Hold on. What's <laughs> wrong with me? And I'm, I'm I'm running around here. I'm good. That's nothing. I don't have anything, I don't, but if I'm hanging around y'all and y'all saying that to me and people saying that, I'm like, I remember I told my wife that she said, she started laughing, she's like, <laughs> she's like, you need to go read your books. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, but I heard it eight times, eight people, I'm telling you, literally. I'm surprised that you don't, I, I would think that you would, I'm not thinking, hold on, don't kind of. Am I kind of warm in here? Turn the air on. Is that a temperature? I'm like, hold on. 
nothing wrong with me. <laughs> but if I if I look, if I listen to that and I let y'all get in my ear, look, man, you ain't gonna win in that business. Are you crazy? Ain't nobody in your neighborhood ever done that. You who you know made money in that stuff, man. Them folks, if they doing it, they they trick you. You know, you ain't gonna make no money doing that. Not only you hear from your friends, you hear from yourself, your own thoughts. And so now your your subconscious believes whatever you whatever you say is, is like it's real. Folks, <laughs> what Job say? For the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. Our fear thoughts are just as creative or just as magnetic and attracting trouble to us as a constructive and positive thought. Matter of fact, the fear thoughts are more as a more as a bigger possibility because we've been thinking that all our life. So now we 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 have we have uh, double down and triple down on those thoughts because we've been hearing all our life. The new thoughts of being positive and all that it's going to take a while because we got to get rid of the other stuff. But the fear thoughts we already already in agreement with it almost. He says, in other words, and I'm going to stop here, comparable to the wavelength and, and wattage of a radio station, thoughts have a creative or controlling force in the exact ratio of their constancy, intensity, and power. Your thoughts, the, constant, the, constant, the constancy of that thought, that particular thought, the intensity of that particular thought, and the power of that particular thought of, I'm going to get this car, or I'm going to have this particular goal that I'm going to get, or this... You know, the car thing, most folks could probably get because they can go get a payment or they can really, but I'm saying let's just take that away. Let's say the goal of qualifying for a position, the goal of making a certain amount of money. It's based on the constant thought that's crossing your mind, the intensity of it, uh, and the power, you know, that, that, you know, I love that word intensity. I still remember Michael Irvin. When he walked out the courtroom, <laughs> and they had been killing Michael Irvin for four or five months about, you know, he had done this and that, and the judge threw it all out. <laughs> Michael Irvin said, "I want y'all to get back and apologize to me with the same intensity, the same intensity y'all been doing this for four months, killing me on the news. I need the same intensity on the apologizing, which they didn't do." But he, he came up to the camera. I cannot find that on YouTube nowhere. I would think that would be out there because that was a classic. And he came out of the courtroom with that fur coat on. <laughs> same intensity. I need the same intensity that y'all murdered me with for the last four months. And now the, the judge is throwing everything out. I need y'all to apologize to me with the same intensity. You know he didn't get it, though. But your thoughts. You gotta have the same intensity. You gotta be intense about it. You gotta be constant about it. You gotta be. You gotta. You gotta believe in it. You gotta. It's you know. Constancy, intensity, and power. All right, folks. That's it for the day. All she wrote, pen and the pencil broke. Let's get to the. Let's get to the money. Everybody mad. <laughs> get to the money. Get to the mystery voices here. So today is uh, 
Subway Saturday. Y'all need to let Subway know send me something because I be promoting them like ain't nothing. Subway Saturday. I mean, y'all, you can go anywhere you want to go. I just use that. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to get some cash out today. $10 for everyone who can tell me a mystery voice. $10. With $10, look, it adds up. What if you get all five of them? You just got $50 in an hour. Who makes $50 in an hour? I had a dude bragging about he make what well, he said he make thirty dollars an hour. So he was just in, I did the math on that. That's like a thousand dollars a week. Okay, four thousand a month. But he was man thirty dollars an hour. Okay. All right. So here's a voice here. Y'all tell me who this is. Y'all don't text me on the community thing. Y'all be doing that. Text me at six seven eight. Six four 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 five four one. The community thing. I don't like. Ah, I said it on there. No, say it on six seven eight six four 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 five four one. All right, tell me who this is. I'm gonna tell you this. I'm gonna give you a hint. He's a um, retired. He's a retired I basically thought I was stopping for in a way was so that allow my ex-wife to sort of have the opportunity to go out and do her thing and then take care of the kids, which I said, hey, that's not a bad thing. They're young and that would be a good thing. So then to have sort of neither one of those in a way, like the end of the marriage and the career, that was, you know, that was a lot to handle. That seemed a bit overwhelming. Okay, come on, I see psychokinesis. Okay, that's what it's pronounced, psychokinesis. Okay. Phil Jackson. No, not our Phil Jackson. Tammy says that's Phil Jackson. You talking about Coach Phil Jackson or you talking about our Phil Jackson? (laughs) Coach Phil Jackson. Nope. Not Coach Phil Jackson. <clears throat> All right, play it again. But I basically thought I was stopping for in a way was so that allow my ex-wife to sort of have the opportunity to go out and do her thing, and then take care of the kids. Which I said, hey, that's not a bad thing. They're young, and that would be a good thing. So then to have sort of neither one of those in a way, like the end of the marriage and the career, that was, you know, that was a lot to handle. That seemed a bit overwhelming. All right, I'm going to give y'all one hint, and you ought to get this one. <laughs> Take that voice there and, uh, and imagine that voice screaming, because that voice was always screaming. That should be the hint right there. You should know. That voice was always screaming at a ref, at a referee. <laughs> Y'all still don't know? <laughs> mm-mm. Mark, that wasn't a... That wasn't a mm-mm. <laughs> Bob Knight, nope. Somebody says, yeah, you close. There you go. Preacher man got it. Thank you. Keep my money. <laughs> I keep my money today. Preacher man don't get a dime. <laughs> I'm not paying preacher man. Oh, I'll let y'all hear one more time, but Preacher Man got it. Imagine him screaming at the ref. 
what I basically thought I was stopping for in a way was so that allow my ex-wife to sort of have the opportunity to go out and do her thing and then take care of the kids, which I said, hey, that's not a bad thing. They're young and that would be a good thing. So then to have sort of neither one of those in a way, like the end of the marriage and the career, that was, you know, that was a lot to handle. That seemed a bit overwhelming. All right. That's the tennis player, John McEnroe. Boy, he used to be screaming, Are you dumb? Do you see? Are you blind? He got away with some stuff, though, McEnroe. But he was entertaining. He was, he was, McEnroe was like, you know, the Kanye West of tennis. You know, just, he wear his emotions on his sleeve, you know, he just, you don't have guys like that anymore out here. You know, they don't, they just, you know, it's a different world now, so. But McEnroe, you know, you, you watch, you watched him just to hear him go off. All right, so, I keep my money on that one. Thank you, preacher man. Let's see here. Uh, all right, here we go. You ready? A lot of things went wrong here. Right here is where six or seven guys helped me down and actually took a, a nail that goes on a cross tie and nailed that sucker right into my leg. The reason they would do something like this is simply because I wouldn't call them mister. And... I don't think it was fair for me because no one missed it. Always called me boy and nigger, and always trying to kill me. Mm. Come on, preacher man, pull it for you. Do it again. You ready? A lot of things went wrong here. Right here is well. Six or seven guys helped me down and actually took a, a nail that goes on a cross tie and nailed that sucker right into my leg. The reason they would do something like this is simply because I wouldn't call them mister. And I don't think it was fair for me because no one mister that always called me boy and nigger and always trying to kill me. Come on, preacher man. Come through for me. Let me see. If I give y'all a hint, you're going to automatically know. Let me see. What can I? Um, all right, here's the hint, then. Now, somebody's going to easily get this. I hope it's you, preacher, man. That dude was from Compton. He's just like Compton. Come on. He's from Compton. He's just like Compton. All right, I'll do it one more time then. A lot of things went wrong here. Right here is where six or seven guys helped me down and actually took a, a nail that goes on a cross tie and nailed that sucker right into my leg. The reason they would do something like this is simply because I wouldn't call them mister. And I don't think it was fair for me to call no one mister that always called me boy and nigger 
and always trying to kill me. <laughs> Preacher man says a lot of dudes in Compton from Compton. I know. Y'all don't get that one? I gave you three chances, so we're going to move on again. I guess I'm keeping my subway mind today. I can't believe y'all get that one. Matter of fact, Will Smith is doing the movie. That's Richard Williams, Serena and Venus' dad. Will Smith is doing the movie. He's playing Richard Williams. He play he playing it too. I saw a little clip of that. I'm like, <laughs> Richard Williams say it, man. A lot of things went wrong here. Right here is well, six or seven guys helped me down, and actually took a a nail that goes on a cross tie and nailed that sucker right into my leg. The reason they would do something like this is simply because I wouldn't call them mister. And I don't think it was fair for me to call no one mister that always called me boy and nigger and always trying to kill me. Mm. That's going to be a good movie, though. Wow. All right. So here we go again. Let's see here. Uh, Ma'am, give you an easy one then. Here go easy one. And I don't sleep. <laughs> I don't sleep with my team, though. They can't sleep because I, I just, you know, not that I don't trust them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I have 100% trust in my team, but I just have to be there for everything, man. Yeah. You know, sometimes I drive myself crazy. Um, but it just makes me feel like, you know, um, not only pushing them, but I'm pushing myself, you know. I just have to be involved, man. It's, it's, it's a freaky nature sometimes, but I have to be there from everything, you know, from the snare to the hi-hat. So if we got to gain up this two more DVs, we got to snatch this out and let this part of the section breathe, you know. I'm there. All right, Mark. I don't know you on that one. That's a, that's a hip hop guy. I just gave y'all a hint. That's a hip hop guy. That's a good shot, Mark. Nope, it's not Big Sean. Good shot, though. All right, let's do it again. And I don't sleep. <laughs> don't sleep with my team though they can't sleep because I, I just you know not that I don't trust them yeah yeah, yeah. you know I have a hundred percent trust in my team but I just have to be there for everything man. Yeah. you know sometimes I drive myself crazy um, but it just makes me feel like you know um, not only pushing them but I'm pushing myself you know I just have to be involved, man. It's, it's, it's a freaky nature Preacher sometimes, man, but I have to be from everything. You, know, from <laughs> you might too. Preacher Man has done it again. Look, Kimono, you came right behind him, like 10 seconds, like 5 seconds behind him. I might go and give it to you because I, I, I like you. So you came 5 seconds behind I don't know. Let me see. Oh, the Preacher Man said, oh, I'm winning that. You don't win nothing. <laughs> You don't win nothing. He says, I do. I win. I mean, he's the one, too. Come on, he ain't, he ain't giving it up to you. <laughs> he's not. He said, no way. 
he got bragging rights. He's like, he got some bragging rights here. So, but Mark, it's not J. Cole. That was, I'm going to let it play out. That was Kendrick Lamar. There to the hi-hat. So if we got to gain up this two more DBs, we got to snatch this out and let this part of the section breathe. No. I'm not. Shoot. Preacher man said, I got bragging rights. I got two. He got two today. Dang. So, the, okay. Let me see. Did anybody win so far? I forgot already. Let me see. Number one, no one. Number two, no one. Nobody's preacher man. One of them you didn't get, and preacher man got two of them. All right. So, dang. All right, here we go. In fact, the last seven years of my life haven't been exactly ecstatic for me. I haven't been ecstatic. I've been happy and um, somewhat, um, most of the time, pretty depressed. But um, my depression is, um, I think, because of my empathy for humanity and my um, my feelings for the world and um, things. And uh, I um, I'm awfully upset when I have to do things to achieve a certain amount of status so that I might be able to do something else so that people will listen to me. So if I have to do sex, so they can listen to social topics that might be um, viable, I'll do sex first. It gets them into the tent. Perhaps. Maybe not. I'm going to tell you this. That was an interview from 1983. That guy's not living anymore, but that was an interview from 1983. Matter of fact, I want to say right after that, he left us in a, in a, here's a, here's a, here's a, here's a hint. In a violent way. All right, do it again. In fact, the last seven years of my life haven't been exactly ecstatic for me. I haven't been ecstatic. I've been happy and um, somewhat, um, most of the time, pretty depressed. But um, my depression is, um, I think, because of my empathy for humanity and my... um, my feelings for the world and um, things, and uh, I, um, I'm awfully upset when I have to do things to achieve. <laughs> My man, preacher man, <laughs> he got bragging rights. He got three in a row. Go ahead. Man, y'all know who that is? Preacher man knows. He got three in a row. Dang, I thought somebody else would have get that one. Let it play out. A certain amount of status so that I might be able to do something else so that people will listen to me. So I- I'm going to tell you so you can hear the last of it. He says, so I, you know, so I sing about sex, you know, because people will listen to that. I have to do that to kind of... It's Marvin Gaye. I have to do sex so they can listen to social topics that might be um, viable. I'll do sex first. It gets them into the tent. Perhaps. Maybe not. Man, he was 
killed by his father violently. Well, I guess when you die, you get shot. That's violent. I remember, I remember my partner telling me that, man, Marvin Gaye dad shot him and killed him. Man, get out of here. Yep. Yep. Preacher man got three in a row. Boy, keeping my money. Let's see. So how many was that? Four? We're going to do five. Let's see if I find one more here. All right. Now, I'm going to give y'all, if anybody get this, and I might even pay you, Preacher Man, if you get this, because I doubt, I doubt if anybody knows this voice. This is a $20 one. Y'all ready? This is a $20 one here. If y'all get this one, I might even call this a $25 one. If anybody gets this one, you bet. <laughs> you really are. So this is a $25 one. We've gone from $10 to 25 and this is the last one. All right? One thing happens to me, and um, well, where we're talking about dating and things like that, I was dating this guy, and it was a New Year's Eve night, so it was all about everyone going to spend the night together, like not in the moment, you know what I'm saying, but the whole night was going to be a long night, and it was a guy I was dating at the time, and I'm like, we're together, everything is cool. He started getting mad at what the men were saying, and the audience were like, oh my gosh, she's hot, and her booty is this, and, blah, blah, blah. and he was he got pissed off in the audience. He came back, and I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, what happened? He was pissed from what he heard, and I was going, dude, I don't even know who it was. I, it's like, really seriously, that's the hard part about being a woman and dating, I think, is that the guy you have to date, it has to be someone who's secure in who they are. Otherwise, you're going to come in contact with a bunch of men who might want who you're with, and they're just saying stuff. It's just it's moments, moments that fleet, you know, it's just gone. So she's talking about, so I'm going to tell you this, she's a singer. She's on stage singing, and her boyfriend was in the audience, and all the guys were saying <laughs> Boy, I want to get with that. I want to get that. <laughs> he got mad. He got mad at her. She like, I don't even know them dudes. I don't even know them. Why they? You know they gonna say that? <laughs> Saying some stuff. Twenty five dollars, folks. Play it again. One thing happens to me, and um, well, where we're talking about dating and things like that, I was dating this guy, and it was a New Year's Eve night, so it was all about everyone going to spend the night together, like not in the moment, you know what I'm saying, but the whole night was going to be a long night, and it was a guy I was dating at the time, and I'm like, we're together, everything is cool. He started getting mad at what the men were saying, and the audience were like, oh my gosh, she's hot, and her booty is this, and, blah, blah, blah. and he, was, he got pissed off in the audience. He came back, and I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, what happened? He was pissed from what he heard, and I was going, dude, I don't even know who it was. I, it's like, really, seriously, that's the hard part about being a woman and dating, I think, is that the guy you have to date, it has to be someone who's secure in who they are. Otherwise, you're going to come in contact with a bunch of men who might want who you're with, and they're just saying stuff. It's just, it's moments, moments that fleet, you know, it's just gone. <laughs> so she said, booty, and Tammy said, J-Lo. It, it's other folks who might have a little booty, <laughs> J-Lo. I mean, she just said that. You know, a lot of guys, you know, uh, Preacher Man says Shaka Khan. You didn't get that one. Nope. We only got two answers, J-Lo and Shaka Khan. Mm -mm. I knew y'all were going to get this one. I'm going to play it one more time and take it up to $30. Take it up to 30 
I might even take it up to 50. Let me take it up to 30. It's the last time, though. You're not going to get it. I remember when I, when I found it, I'm like, mm-mm. One thing happens to me, and um, well, where we're talking about dating and things like that, I was dating this guy, and it was a New Year's Eve night, so it was all about everyone going to spend the night together, like not in the moment. You know oh, my saying? God. But the whole no. night was going to be a long night. No. <laughs> no. Come on. How you do that? You didn't. <laughs> you going to take my $25? I think $30. you going to take my $30. I don't believe you got that. Now, we already said there's no machine out here that can pick up somebody's voice and tell you what it is, right? Nobody could do that, right? How in the world did you get that? How? Come on, come on. How did you get that? She was a beauty queen. She said, well, you know, I like her. You know, matter of fact, I, I really liked her. I bought all her stuff. I was a player all the time in the car. Wow. Oh, she was previously a beauty queen. Okay. I didn't know all that. I'm trying to figure out how you get that voice, though. I Nobody would have, I mean, I've, I've rarely ever seen an interview of her. That's why I just knew nobody would get, that's why I took the, see, you set me up. You let me move it all the way up to 30, then you came <laughs> I almost said 50. You should have waited. Dang. I'm going to let it play out so y'all can see if anybody else can come up with it. And it was a guy I was dating at the time, and I'm like, we're together. Everything is cool. He started getting mad at what the men were saying in the audience. They were like, oh, my gosh, she's hot. And her booty is this. And, blah, blah, blah. and he was he got pissed off in the audience. So he came back, and I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, what happened? He was pissed from what he heard. And I was going, dude. I don't even know who it was. I, it's like, really, seriously, that's the hard part about being a woman and dating, I think, is that the guy you have to date, it has to be someone who's secure in who they are. Otherwise, you're going to come in contact with a bunch of men who might want who you're with, and they're just saying stuff. It's just at the moment, the moment that fleet, you know, it's just gone. I'm calling you, come on, after this, and I need to know what, what you're doing, some kind of trick here. But Preacher Man says, Pebbles, nope. And Karen White. Nope, that's a good shot, Karen White, though. Barbara McGriff says C.C. Peniston. Good shot, good shot. Tammy says Sierra. Good shot. But the winner and the person is Shantae Moore. Man, go ahead, Kimona. And that's why I'm going to play this song just to end it out with it, because this was one of my favorite songs here, man. I used to have, but I used to play this all the time. You know, that's when dudes were buying ladies albums and cds you don't buy them no more like that <laughs> you're like you had to buy some hip-hop stuff you know but i don't know if you got stuff out here you listen to like that you buy a janet jackson album i mean cd but man shantae moore was that was my people there boy i was listening to this particular cd and song all the time so all right come on i got to call you and figure this out but we out of here folks let's go this is my song 